We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show, on the program. AFA at the Core, a website that you can always check out, visit, and utilize is AFR.net. AFR.net is the website. We also have the American Family Radio app. It's available on your smartphone, on your tablet device. It's also available on Apple TV, Roku, various other places and and, uh, devices. So go there at your local app store and download the American Family Radio app. Gives you quick access to all the content and the show, past episodes of The Core. You can all access on the app and on the website. We are live streaming The Core on Facebook today. Facebook is where we're live streaming The Core videos. You can go to The Core Facebook page and uh, watch it. Uh, Watch The Core uh, there. The uh, uh, last thing I want to mention before we jump into the show, jump into our scripture of the week. We have our Marriage Family Life Conference this week, this uh, weekend. So those that are registered and are headed their way to Mississippi, to Tupelo, Mississippi, we look forward to seeing you guys in uh, Mississippi, uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, the city of our national headquarters. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys uh, at that point, uh, Friday and Saturday. I actually have a concert tomorrow night tomorrow afternoon, and then we have a full day Friday and Saturday of a world biblical worldview training. So we're inviting families, those who've registered, and that's what makes the conference unique is we're bringing in families. We're not, you know, telling you to keep the, leave the kids at the house or drop off the kids and you stay at the house. Uh, we're inviting everyone, the entire family, to our Marriage Family Life Conference. So if you missed out on registration this year, that's all right. Uh, just uh, stay tuned, and uh, next year, as we head towards next year, uh, we'll uh, uh, announce information on the 2023 uh, conference. But I am going to be broadcasting live from the conference on Friday, so you'll want to tune in live to the show on uh, Friday. We're going to cover our um, uh, scripture, Psalm chapter 29 is where we are this week, Psalm chapter 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It goes on in 5. The voice of the Lord, uh, verse 5 in chapter 29, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. And this entire chapter, Psalm chapter 29, just displays and uh, describes the power of the Lord and all of the power that manifests itself in uh, in in our Creator. And uh, 
if you if you doubt the power of God, the goodness of God, the might of God, uh, just read Psalm chapter 29. Just read Psalm chapter 29, and that will help you have a better understanding of how powerful God truly is. And uh, it, it's important to be reverent when we're uh, speaking about God, when we're speaking to God. You know, a lot of a lot of folks in our in our society today, even within the church, within the Christian community, um, uh, you know, talk about God in ways that are really belittling, in ways that are demeaning, and in ways that don't place God in His proper place of authority over our lives. So we need to be intentional. We need to be careful about how we address God, how we speak of God. Uh, we need to do so with all reverence and all submission uh, to his power in our lives. We don't need to belittle God. We don't need to uh, demean his position uh, over creation and and, uh, and and make less of God. Instead, we need to make more of him according to his word. Well, hey, we're going to have on two special guests today. We're going to have on my brother, second segment, Wesley, will be in studio with us as he is each Wednesday, Wednesdays with Wesley but we're also going to have another special guest on. We're going to have Governor Tate Reeves of the state of Mississippi to talk about a recent proclamation that was put out by the governor's office. You're not going to want to miss that discussion. He'll be on about 1.30 Central here in about 20 minutes. Uh, the governor of Mississippi will be on the court to talk about this recent proclamation. And we'll also talk about the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade, which the state of Mississippi led the charge on. Uh, with the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. So stay tuned uh, f- next segment for the interview with the governor of Mississippi. Well, uh, moving into some of the topics I want to get to today, you know, this uh, this administration is is a disaster, and uh, that's, uh, that's evident when you look around you. But it, it's as if the... Biden administration is doing pretty much everything within their power and uh, authority or even stuff that's not in their authority or their purview to completely destroy this nation. I mean, as I've mentioned, you could put Mickey Mouse in charge of the country as president and just told him not to do anything. Uh, Just watch Disney Channel and our country would be better off. But instead, we get the Biden administration and and he's and, and the Biden administration, his entire team is set out to destroy the, the, the nation. I mean, it's it's one of the most bizarre situations. You know, they talk about, well, he, he's like Jimmy Carter. No, he's not. <laughs> I wasn't around when Jimmy Carter was president. Um, but uh, the, 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 this, is, this is all intentional. Right? It's one thing to be incompetent, to have dumb people around you, or to just be in way over your head. That's one thing, all right. But then, but then to get put in power, and and intentionally, and irrationally make decisions that that negatively affect the nation, uh, that's the only way to describe this Biden administration. So uh, let's don't give them too much credit. This is all intentional, and it's all part of the Great Reset. And they're the ones saying it, all right. So we're not making this stuff up. They're the ones out there. I played the clip the other day. The Biden administration says. Uh, about high energy prices and inflation and this disastrous economy that's now in a recession. Uh, the Biden, one of the Biden economic advisors said, well, you know, this is all a part of the liberal world order. We got to do this as part of the liberal world 
order and others have said we need to do this as part of the great reset we need to rethink how we do everything uh so folks this is all intentional you just can't make this many uh, mistakes in a row without it being intentional so this is an intentional targeting and destruction of america that's why president biden needs to be impeached uh, because the biden administration has done everything in their power within their purview to destroy the nation including the open border the uh, the tampering down or the um, the res- heavy restrictions on America's energy production. Um, you have the in- the out of control inflation. The uh, Treasury or, or the uh, Fed, the Federal Reserve, waiting way too long to fight inflation. They intentionally delayed their fight against inflation, knowing that historically that's a terrible idea. It's terrible to keep artificially low interest rates in a heavily inflationary environment. That's that's economy one, economics 101. Nobody recommends that, but they did it anyway. They gambled with mine and with yours and my finances, with our 401k accounts, with our entire economy, with interest rates. They gambled with it all just to see what would happen. And here we are with 8 to 9% uh, CPI inflation, Consumer price index inflation. Uh, you've got uh, energy up 100%, oil up 100% uh, compared to when Biden was put in office. And it's all a disaster. The house is literally on fire, and they're doing more to, to fuel the fire. That is the Biden administration. Well, if you don't believe me, we'll, we'll read some stories uh, about what's going on. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Republicans get in charge and impeach President Biden. I think that would be great for the nation. It would actually provide some healing for the country if uh, President Biden is impeached because about 30% of, of likely voters approve of this administration. So 70% don't approve and don't want Biden in office. So it would be actually unifying to the nation if President Biden is impeached and, and our border becomes secure and uh, our elected officials actually start working for the American people. That would be refreshing and uh, bring unity that is well overdue. Um, this story, talk about betraying the nation and making intentional decisions to hurt American consumers. You know, President Biden's been bragging about releasing oil from our strategic petroleum reserve, which was uh, which is at its lowest level since 1986. So... The Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which we talked about before, it's it's a it's a reserve of energy of primarily oil that consists on a good day of about 700 million barrels of oil that's meant for, it's intended to be used in times of emergency or disruption. Domestic, all right, this is not uh, emergency or disruption anywhere in the world because you you have emergency and disruption around the world every day all right this is intended for emergency or disruption domestically all right i.e hurricanes uh or uh war where that affects our domestic energy production uh so president biden is using the strategic petroleum reserve purely for political purposes because his policies are terrible so he's dipping into the the reserve to try to lower energy prices so so you thought when you saw the press conferences or the twitter post so on and so forth that president biden's administration was releasing the oil from this reserve for american consumers right i mean that would make sense it's our reserve 
So we release it to ease the prices at the pump for American consumers. It's America's strategic petroleum reserve. It's not the world's reserve, all right? It's America's reserve, okay? It's like our little piggy bank of oil to be used and needed in times of emergency. Well, here's a headline out of Breitbart. Also, let's see. uh, I got this other story pulled up. Uh, This is from Reuters. So multiple media outlets are covering this, all right? So this is confirmed now. Oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it is now confirmed that within the last month, oil from this reserve has been shipped overseas. Yes, oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve that is intended to be released domestically to reduce American oil prices, energy prices, Uh, About 5 million barrels were exported to Europe and Asia last month, according to data and sources, even as U.S. gasoline and diesel prices hit record highs. So here's here's the numbers here. So this is the Biden administration allowing this. Let's make this clear, all right? Uh, The Department of Energy manages the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and they authorize these shipments to go overseas. The fourth largest U.S. oil refiner, Phillips 66, shipped about 470,000 barrels of sour crude from the Big Hill SPR, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, storage site in Texas. Uh, They shipped it over to Italy, according to U.S. Customs data. Uh, Atlantic Trading and Marketing, an arm of the French oil major Total Energies, exported two cargoes of 560,000 barrels each. So over a million barrels there. And then the story goes on to say that China, yep, China, because you heard me say Asia, China got some of the oil too. We shipped some of our strategic petroleum reserve to our greatest enemy, our greatest foe on the world stage, not Russia, China. And that's all with our own strategic petroleum reserve. So you talk about intentional acts to destroy the American economy, intentional intentional acts to help our adversaries. Well, that describes the Biden administration. That's why he's unfit for office, and so are his handlers. Biden administration sending millions of barrels, 5 million barrels from the strategic petroleum reserve to our adversaries overseas. Meanwhile, Americans suffer at the pump. That's the description of the Biden administration. AFA at the core will be back in just a few minutes. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. After the bitter winter wind breaks, the spring season ushers in glorious sunshine, bursting blooms, and potholes. In the midst of some long-awaited seasonal relief, we have to face some not-so-desirable circumstances. With this new season comes the responsibility of repair. It's kind of indicative of our lives, isn't it? If your girl has recently endured a hardship or is in the middle of the battle, remind her the words of Philippians 2.13. God is at work within us. We are in repair. After trying seasons, it can be tempting to ignore the ramifications of our difficulty, running ahead without facing the potholes it left behind. But instead, call in the repair crew through intentional prayer, reading scripture, and time spent in community with fellow believers, we can begin to heal. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. 
Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign stand with them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of comes free and my shame is undone your presence Radio. Glad to have you back with us on the show. If you're watching on Facebook, then you're seeing Bobby play the drums over here to the side uh, as we listen to Francesca Battistelli. Holy Spirit is the name of the song. My bad. And uh, Bobby is actually a drummer, though, so it's it's like you can't listen to drums without <laughs> you know, at least pretend like you're pro- you're playing them. Uh, Bobby, last year you did a. Uh, you did play a little bit at the Marriage Family Life Conference. Yeah, I sat in uh, for the normal drummer for Adam and Tara uh, Lowry, who were the worship leaders, and he can make it this year. So, awesome. so I'm you'll, just be, you'll be for uh, Sunday. You'll be Team B, huh? <laughs> team B, <laughs> just in case he breaks a stick or something. There you go. But well, hey, our, our listeners need to know this was Walker's wedding song. 
That's exactly Holy right. Spirit. That's so exactly that, right. I think that's pretty cool. It is cool. A lot of and, synergy. And there. I text my wife. She's listening now, and she's blushing because I'm mentioning her. <laughs> I, I I text uh, my wife uh, there and told her she'll like the song on my show today, and she texts me and says she, she's listening, uh, so she heard that. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in to the core. I do have my brother Wesley in studio with me. He's pretty important too. Wesley, thank you for coming to the show. I'm glad to be on. The only time that I can play drums and get away with it is when they're air drums. Amen, brother. <laughs> I was, that's how the great one started. That's, oh, it's a, hey, I didn't know that. That's good to know. <laughs> well, uh, Wesley, there. Wesley, before we jump into some of the things you want to talk about, sure. uh, the song there, uh, Holy Spirit, you know, Scripture talks a uh, numerous times about the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just read a few Scriptures and let you speak to this. Uh, John 14 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Uh, another scripture, uh, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. So I can go on and on about scriptures talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit. What do you say? Absolutely, yeah. We're completely uh, tied to and dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That's the a constant reminder for the Christian that that's a. Uh, that's uh, theologically that's one thing of many things that we have now that we didn't have before we got saved and jesus said you know when i leave i'll send the helper the holy spirit who will help and remind you of all that i've taught you is what he said and so with the power of the holy spirit we're, we're reminded daily of all the things that god has taught us that the holy word god's word has taught us and so the it's very important for us to remember that and to call upon the holy spirit you know because he is that intercessor, he wants to help us in the in our time of need. He also wants to encourage us and strengthen us. He he does everything that he promises to do. And as a Christian, it's completely uh, vital. And that's why in our prayers at AFA, oftentimes in morning devotion or in staff meetings, that we pray for us to continue to be sensitive to Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will will um uh, be what uh, reminds us or, or directs us or gives us. Open or it shows us a vision of a door closing or opening, and those are I mean th- these are just spitballing a, a handful of different ways that we need to be reminded of being dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So you know in the Romans eight twenty uh, six twenty six it says that groaning is too deep for words, um, and so that's the idea again yet again we can't understand this, but the Holy Spirit can, and as a Christian we are a sense of the Holy Spirit, and we can. Depend upon him to uh, guide us and teach us. Amen. Well, um, let's see. Uh, Wesley, let's. Got, yeah, yeah. Jeff. Let me hop in here before we get, before we move on. Sure. Because I've got a couple things I was looking up this morning that would be of a, a great importance to our audience. So, us being the American Family Association, we are really, really um, just constantly looking for resources. And, and constantly creating resources that can help influence the family mm-hmm. uh, and remind the family of their design. A couple of things I want to remind our audience about. Go to resource.afa.net. That's resources at afa.net. That's with an S. Resources at a, resources dot. Dot afa.net. A couple of resources we have there for the family is 21 Toughest Questions Your Kid Will Ask You by Alex McFarland and AFA. Also, the Prodigal Prayer Guide. Also, we have afa.net slash by design. We've mentioned that in the past. It's an ongoing 
uh, evergreen effort and, and a one-stop shop for all things as it relates to marriage and family and, and all, the kids. And all those are, by design resources are free. All those, all those are completely for free. That's a good point. There's video. There's audio and there's articles all in one all in one spot. Also, just a reminder: I know we're sold out for this year, and it's coming up starting tomorrow, the Mayor's Family Life Conference. But if you go to their website, Mayor's Family Life Conference website, there you can find the previous conferences where we have resources, and we've covered all things, and we'll continue to cover all things of how we can encourage and influence and prepare the family for the days ahead, the American family, that is. And so we're constantly out there making resources for you, and these are just a couple. Again, 21 Toughest Questions Your Kid Will Ask, a prodigal prayer guide book, afa.net slash by design, Marriage Family Life Conference. We're out there doing the work, and you can count on us. Go to resources.afa.net. Yeah, that's very helpful, Wesley, and a lot of people don't know how many resources we put out. So Mm. if you're... If you're homeschooling, if you're doing small groups at your church, you teach Sunday school, whatever you're trying to do to help disciple others, disciple your children, uh, go, as Wesley mentioned, to resources.afa.net and explore the plethora of resources, videos, books, DVDs uh, that we have there. Thanks so much, Wes, for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Next week, I'll be back with some uh, testimonies of how the Men of Honor curriculum is helping churches and people in their area. Excellent. Awesome. So look forward to that next week. A week from today, we'll talk about uh, the Men of Honor program that we're doing here at our headquarters this summer, June and July, and uh, the young men that are being impacted uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ in that way through that project. Well, I want to jump to our next guest. I told you he would be on. This is um, uh, the second or third time to have the governor on, but I want to welcome Governor Tate Reeves of the state of Mississippi uh, a lot to be proud of in Mississippi. Governor Reeves, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to be on again. I hope y'all are doing fantastic today. We are, absolutely. It's a, a good day to be a Mississippian, and uh, there's a couple news items we can talk about, Governor, but first I want to get your response, your reaction uh, over the Supreme Court uh, ruling that originated out of Mississippi uh, that effectively overturned Roe v. Wade and returned the issue of abortion back to the states. Well, Walker, it's a it's truly a a joyous occasion. It's an occasion that there have been activists from all over our country that have been fighting for this for almost 50 years. And so we are so pleased that it was a Mississippi case that ultimately made it to the Supreme Court in which these uh, justices just ruled on what the Constitution said. We always said that there was no guaranteed right to an abortion in the United States Constitution. The court got it very wrong in the Roe case. They got it very wrong in the Casey case. And what I would just tell you today, and, and I mean this, and that, and that is I've never been prouder to be a Mississippian because while it was elected leaders that passed the law that, that ultimately was challenged and elected leaders who defended it all the way up to the Supreme Court, Um, The reason we were able to do that is because we live in a state that values God, that understands um, what our our role is, Um, because we're a God-fearing people in Mississippi, and we have the support of the people that that are pro-life, and and because of that, we were able to fight this battle all the way up to the court. Uh, Governor, you put out a uh, proclamation for the month of June. Uh, You put this out uh, just right before the month of June ended. 
And uh, you declared uh, June, every year moving forward uh, as governor, you uh, proclaimed June as Sanctity of Life Month. Tell us a little bit about this proclamation uh, that came out of your office. Well, this, this was something that we felt was very important because uh, it was in January of 1973 that Roe v. Wade was, the, the decision was handed down. Uh, Planned Parenthood was, uh, versus Casey was handed down in 1992. And so for both of those cases to be um, overturned and overruled in the month of June 2022, uh, we just thought that it would make perfect sense for us to declare June of 2022 as the Sanctity of Life Month in the state of Mississippi. We certainly encourage all of our citizens here in our state to celebrate uh, that, uh, that fact that it is the Sanctity of Life Month uh, because we believe that, that life truly is a gift from God. And, and so we're encouraging, and I know you have encouraged uh, other governors from around the country to do the same, and we hope we can uh, make this a, a uh, national tradition, not just a tradition here in the great state of Mississippi. Absolutely. And Mississippi's leading the way in so many areas. But this, this, this issue of human life is one of the areas that Mississippi is leading the way in the country. And so we are encouraging other governors. Uh, governor Tate Reeves, who we have on the phone here, he was the first governor in the country to declare June as Sanctity of Life Month. Uh, so we're encouraging the rest, uh, the remainder of the governors around the country to do the same. Just reading from this proclamation, and then I have another question for you, Governor. It says, uh, now, therefore, after uh, outlining various uh, issues related to human life and court rulings, uh, it says, now, therefore, I, Tate Reeves, Governor of the State of Mississippi, do hereby proclaim June 2022 to be recognized as Sanctity of Life Month in the state of Mississippi and encourage all citizens to celebrate the sanctity of life from the unborn to natural death dedicated to, to the profound truth that all life is a gift from God who endows every individual with immeasurable worth and potential. Uh, Governor, we had a, a trigger law on the books that would uh, outlaw abortion uh, in the state of Mississippi, and that trigger law was initiated by the Attorney General's office in, within the last week, and then it was challenged in court at, 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 at I believe, a, a local court level. What's the, uh, the status of that litigation? Well, that is exactly right. In 2007, the Mississippi legislature passed a trigger law, and it says that if and when Roe v. Wade is overturned, that the Attorney General of the state of Mississippi uh, shall um, certify that Roe is overturned, and the trigger law would go into effect 10 days following that certification. That certification was done last Monday. The decision was obviously handed down on a Friday. The Attorney General very quickly moved to certify that on Monday, which means uh, prior to the litigation that that, that's, that trigger law would be law of the land in Mississippi on tomorrow, Thursday. And so we were sued. The same organization that sued us in the Dobbs case, Jackson Women's Health Organization, sued us again in state court claiming that there was a right in the Mississippi Constitution to an abortion. Of course, there is no such thing. Um, they, we were sued. Uh, there were four Chantry Court judges in Hines County, all of whom recused themselves from the case. And so the Chief Justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court had to appoint a special judge to hear the case. Uh, he did that. That special ju- judge he- heard the case yesterday in Hines County um, and before close of business yesterday issued 
her ruling in which she sided with the state of Mississippi and said that, uh, barring further action by the Supreme Court, that our law can go into effect tomorrow. So our trigger law will go into effect tomorrow uh, unless something extraordinary occurs between now and, and close of business today. Well, that's excellent, Governor, and I appreciate your office and the Attorney General's office and others uh, working to defend our state's laws and defend uh, uh, the right of Mississippi to be governed by our own leaders and not by judges and unelected officials. Uh, Thank you so much, Governor Reeves, for coming on. Please keep up the good work, and uh, we appreciate all that you do. Thank you so much. Great to be on again. All right. Thank you, Governor. That's uh, Governor Tate Reeves of the state of Mississippi leading the charge to protect unborn babies around the nation and specifically within the state border uh, of Mississippi. And uh, June is now Sanctity of Life Month in Mississippi. And what I love about this, folks, is we're taking a month that has been celebrated and boasted by the pagans. It has been used by the sexual deviants as a month of pride and a month to flaunt sinful behavior around the country, corporations putting up, uh, uh, you know, images and statements promoting sexual deviancy. And here we are uh, taking June, and we're turning this back to be a month that celebrates God's design uh, for you and me, God's design for each and every uh, human being, uh, the fact that all humans are created in the image of God. And and one beautiful thing that this proclamation includes, it includes Psalm 139. Listen to this. This is within the proclamation that Governor Tate Reeves put out. Uh, three, four paragraphs down, it says, whereas we have a firm conviction that each life is precious and each individual is created in the image of God, as Psalm 139, 13 through 14 reads, For you formed my inward be- my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. With this deep conviction, the state of Mississippi has stood firm, protecting the unborn and fostering a culture of life. That's directly from this proclamation. By the way, uh, we're going to post this proclamation on our uh, podcast page at AFR.net. I'll also post it uh, on the course Facebook page and other social media profiles for you to read. Uh, Folks, we need to be thankful for governors that uplift, that promote righteousness in our land, and we need more of them. May their tribe increase, and that happens by you and me being civically Engaged. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Roe v. Wade is now history, but Dick's Sporting Goods couldn't wait for the proverbial ink to dry before announcing their anti-life policy. Dick's executive chairman, Ed Stack, proudly announced the company would provide up to $4,000 in travel expenses for employees or their immediate family members who choose to get an abortion. What did he say about supporting employees who choose life for their unborn children? Tell Dick's Sporting Goods to stop funding the murder of unborn babies. Go to AFA.net today. What does the American Family Association stand for? 
AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. It's hard to understand why evildoers are allowed to prosper. It's a question that's been asked by every generation of believers. Habakkuk's cry could be our own. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? The law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. You can sense the despair in Habakkuk that we also feel when we focus on the deeds of the wicked instead of on the Lord. God answered Habakkuk and gives us the same assurance. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. God is doing a work in our days as well. His story is still unfolding. And while we don't understand the intricacies of the plot, we do know the ending. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us back on the Core today. Well, several other other items to cover this uh, last segment. We will take calls, by the way. Uh, we will take calls this segment. Here's a number to call in to the core. Make your uh, statement or ask your question. We'll be glad to take your call on the core today. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. 888-589-8840. Here are the topics we've discussed. We uh, discussed the energy uh, dilemma, the energy issue. In the first segment, we also talked with my brother Wesley about uh, some of the resources that AFA offers to help inspire you and uplift you in a biblical worldview. And then we talked to the governor of Mississippi about Sanctity of Life Month and how June is now Sanctity of Life Month in Mississippi, and we're encouraging other states uh, to do the same thing. So those are the topics we've discussed on the core today, 888-589-8840-888-589. 8840. While we're waiting for the phones to line up or to, to uh, queue up, I am going to play a clip here. Um, this is 
from um, talk about doing everything uh, possible within the administration's purview, if you will, to um, to meddle around in domestic policy and really make things worse for our country. This is a clip of, of a Newsmax reporter anchor covering a lawsuit in the state of Arizona. So Arizona simply passed a law that states that in order to vote or to register to vote, you need to identify yourself or prove yourself to be an American citizen. So you need to show your passport, your social security number, some form of identification uh, to prove that, look, you're a valid citizen uh, residing in the U.S. of A. So you're like, okay, what's the what's the problem here, Walker? Well, there's really not a problem other than the fact that the Biden administration sued the state of Arizona trying to get that law nullified. Clip two, let's listen to this uh, news anchor reporting on this story out of Arizona. Some breaking news, the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against Arizona saying that the state is violating federal law by requiring voters to prove citizenship. The DOJ essentially claiming that proving you're an American citizen to vote in an American election is too much. Now, I'm taking this uh, for the first time, and I want to make sure that's the case, because if it sounds crazy <laughs> to you, it sounds crazy to me as well. So we'll continue to follow that story as it develops. That's hilarious. So this this uh, this uh, this anchor on Newsmax is reading this this breaking news report, and he's like, um, "Let's check on that because that sounds too bad to be true." Instead of being too good to be true, it sounds too bad to be true. <laughs> well, folks, it's true. It's true. And and this is a real problem. So let's don't let's don't try to act like this isn't a problem. And why are we doing this? Well, folks, when when you've got two hundred to three hundred thousand illegal immigrants crossing the border in Arizona and Texas um, each month, that's a problem. And who thinks they're not going to try to vote? Who who raise your hand if you're naive enough to think that the criminals that ignored federal law? And invaded our nation are not going to try to vote. They're not going to try to vote for people, for candidates that want to give them amnesty. I mean, we can't be that naive. So uh, Arizona is just saying, hey, look, if you're going to vote in our elections, you need to be an American citizen. And the Biden administration is saying, no, you can't do that. That's bad. We've got to allow foreign nationals who don't have permanent citizenship or even uh, temporary citizenship. We've got to allow them to vote. We got to. We cannot close that loophole We've always got to have illegal immigrants voting in our nation. That's what the Biden administration is saying. So Biden administration going to war with Arizona uh, in the legal arena to, to make sure illegal immigrants, uh, those who've invaded our nation, ignored our laws, can vote in elections in the state of Arizona. Folks, this is bizarre world uh, reports that I never thought I would bring to you. If you want to call into the core, 888-589-8840, 888 is a number to call in. We'll go to Harry in Mississippi. Harry, welcome to the core. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. I love listening to you guys. I'm confused why we're not pursuing uh, Biden for treason after he's taken money out of American producers' oil, uh, uh, taking the money out of their pocket and giving it to Iran, who has sworn to murder Israel and the United States. It seems like such a flagrant act of treason that he's literally funding terrorists that murder us and murder our boys and 
taking money away from Americans. And let me say something on that uh, illegal immigration thing. Is there any way we have the courage and the character and conviction and integrity to deport every illegal alien in the United States of America? Thank you so much. I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer. All right. Appreciate that, Harry. Uh, well, you know, a couple of good points there. You know, uh, to your point, the Biden administration uh, or the Obama administration with Biden as VP, uh, they funneled hundreds of millions of dollars over to Iran um, to a uh, a uh, declared terrorist uh, nation, terrorist supporting nation. Um, and uh, so so that's what the Obama administration did with Biden as VP. And of course, uh, the Biden administration is still trying desperately to resurrect the Iran deal, uh, which just isn't going uh, very well at all. And Iran's getting everything they want out of those negotiations, and the U.S., of course, is getting nothing. Uh, so that's what's going on with Iran. Um, but the uh, the other point uh, that you made is, uh, as it comes to illegal immigration, you know, I think most people, when you explain this in a rational and accurate sense, uh, most people are in favor of deporting illegal immigrants. And, and folks, you can't you can't be against illegal immigration, but then say, if you get here, you can stay. All right? That, that just does not add up. That's like saying to thieves, it, well, if you go ahead and steal it, if you've already stolen it, then you don't have to pay the price. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be punished. Um, once you steal it, you're good to go. But if I catch you trying to steal it, then we're going to punish you. You just can't do that, folks. Either It's one or the other. Either illegal immigration is wrong, it's immoral, it's illegal, and should be treated accordingly, according to the rule of law, or people think it's acceptable, it should be allowed, and we shouldn't do anything about it. So I think a lot of people, if you explain this properly and you take out the, um, uh, the emotional tug that they try to add to it, um, then, then a lot of folks would be in favor of deporting illegal immigrants. And I'm completely in favor of that because it's unfair. Not only are we talking about uh, breaking our laws, our, our, our federal laws, as it relates to illegal, illegally entering this country, but also you're disenfranchising all the, the people, all the foreign nationals that have gone through the proper process to obtain a visa or some form of citizenship in this nation. You got hundreds of thousands of people in countries around the world that go to the local U.S. embassy and they fill out the proper paperwork to legally immigrate to this nation. But then you have people crossing our southern border illegally cutting line. All right. So that's, you don't want to talk about un, uh, unjust, unfair, lack of equality. That's it right there. Uh, so that's one, one of the main reasons that deportation is a good idea. Uh, the other reason it's a good idea is because it's a deterrent. If, if folks know, if if these illegals know that if I go back into the U.S., I'm going to get deported and I'm going to have to start this tens of thousands of dollar journey all over again, well, they're not going to do it. It's going to be a deterrent, all right? So enforcing the law is a deterrent. Uh, that's just two reasons of many uh, why deportation should be on the table and should be utilized, uh, but of course it's not. Uh, moving to uh, Doyle in the state of Mississippi. Doyle, wake, welcome to the court. Hey, thank you very much. My pleasure talking to you. I called in. To, I heard you mention the Arizona, the government suing, suing them for asking for, uh, you know, some kind of proof for voting. But when you look at what's really going on, all these things just seem way out of whack. you got to ask yourself, 
who's really running the show? Well, we know, and a lot of people aren't aware of it, but the Bilderberg Group are the richest group of people in the world that George Soros. This makes sense, and you got to say why. Because they got an agenda. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm asking, when are we going to address the real problem? The people that's really doing all this. Yeah, you know, the, a lot of this. You're right. Does come from the globalist. You know, how much how much of these ideas come to, from domestic sources? How much of these policy ideas, the agenda items of the Biden administration, originate organically in this nation? Very few of them. Very few of them. I mean, this this is all about. The, uh, you know, you had the G7 summit last week. You had this, this WEF, this World Economic Forum each year in Davos, Switzerland. Uh, you've got the UN meeting. So you've got all these globalist uh, meetings where they collude and, and spout these uh, terrible ideas. And then the Biden administration comes back and implements them. Uh, so to your point, where are these ideas coming from? Are they coming from our adversaries? Are these ideas coming from China, from Russia, and other adversaries? Uh, that all needs to be looked into. And um, and the foreign meddling in U.S. elections is is very clear. You know, you look at all the district attorneys that were funded and put in office as a direct result of George Soros, who is a Hungarian national, as a direct result of his hundreds of millions of dollars that he funneled to America to elect uh, district attorneys around the country. And they, they, they think that Russia's meddling in our elections, uh, but they don't want to talk about George Soros meddling in our elections. Uh, so you can find that. That's all public information. That's all in election filings where uh, these candidates get their money. And if they get their money from uh, George Soros, that is a red flag uh, to begin with because those are the same attorneys, the uh, DAs that go soft on crime. They favor criminality. They favor those who break the law and damage American uh, citizens and their property. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Let's go down. we got a couple minutes left. Let's go to Rocky in the state of Texas. Hey, Rocky, welcome to the court. Hey, good afternoon, Walker. I just wanted to make a comment about what you were saying about the illegal immigration policies that this administration has endeavored to destroy our country with, and that I'm understanding that Gavin Newsom, or there is some kind of bill in California that they want to have all the illegal aliens have health care paid for at taxpayer expense. That's correct. And then the other the other topic is that I understand that several counties in Texas are the sheriffs are actually suing the government because they're not doing the protection hmm. that they were you know, implored to do when they take office. And they're wondering, and they're wondering, there are several people that I know are wondering whether Governor Abbott should go ahead and back that up and make it a statewide Hmm. situation for Texas. Yeah, Rocky, I'll let you you, uh, hang up and listen on the radio. That's an excellent idea uh, for the governor, Governor Abbott, to join those sheriffs and those local... uh, uh, those local government leaders that are leading that lawsuit in the state of Texas, and it did grant it did it what that that case uh, that is attempting to declare an invasion in, in different counties in Texas, uh, it did get a hearing before a court and actually got a pretty friendly ruling uh, in in that local court. So that has some potential there, and it truly is an invasion. And, you know, the Constitution's uh, set up as far as the federal government controlling uh, immigration. 
it's set up with the understanding that they're going to do a good job. Uh, but what happens when the government neglects to do its job when as it relates to securing the borders? Well, the states have to step in, and hopefully they'll continue to do so. Last call, Lee in Texas. you got about one minute. Lee, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? I appreciate it. I live in Del Rio, Texas, and the border's a mile out my back door, and what the gentleman just said is accurate. And But thank God we've got Abbott doing what he's doing. We're overrun here. I just want to make a comment right quick. I, I listen to you guys. And nobody has ever come. They're talking about destroying our country and everything, and that's right. That's what this is all about, to change our government. Mm. Uh, don't kid yourself. This is well orchestrated. I see these people coming across the river, the Haitians, the Venezuelans, all these other guys. It's well orchestrated, well planned, and well financed. Mm. And, and the whole intent is to collapse the United States of America. Wow. Lee, thank you so much for calling. I can't disagree with you. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, where do these illegal immigrants get $50,000 to trek from Venezuela to Del Rio, Texas? Uh, this can only be explained. This is like a massive criminal cartel operation, uh, and we're allowing it to go on on our southern border. You know, this is, Lee, Lee, you got me fired up here, and I got a minute left, but this is what infuriates me about spending billions of dollars and, and all kinds of resources in Ukraine. And and now uh, Zelensky, this is no joke. Zelensky says he needs $750 billion more in order to win the war in Ukraine. $750 billion more. That's almost as much as we defend on our entire uh, spend on our entire national defense in a year. I mean, who has the audacity to ask for another $750 billion? But meanwhile, we've got cartels running our border, sending in two to 300,000 illegal criminal aliens a month, and our federal government is MIA. They're too busy visiting Zelensky. They're too busy over in Ukraine fighting this proxy war, funding the military-industrial complex in the tunes of hundreds of billions of dollars. Folks, this is a mess, and that's why I'm against meddling around in Zelensky's war in Ukraine. It's a terrible idea. It's bad for our national interest. We have our own war domestically, and it's against the enemies of our nation, starting with the drug cartels in Mexico. AFA at the core. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.